Well, how's it? Good morning, church. Welcome to the third uh, Sunday of our new series called Proverbs, which is walking in the way of wisdom. Would you open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23? We're so glad that you're here uh, engaging in worship. Uh, most of you are uh, chatting online in our website and uh, Facebook and even through our YouTube streaming in your TV. Uh, we're so uh, grateful that you joined us and share your worship experience with us. Well, in Proverbs 4, verse 23, uh, Solomon, he instructs his son. He says, listen to my instruction. He says, above all else, on top of everything I'm going to tell you, it says, guard your heart. So guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. And later on in Proverbs chapter 25, uh, Solomon talks about self-control. And that's what I want to talk to us about this morning is the wisdom of self-control and specifically how uh, self-control uh, it helps us to walk in wisdom in guarding our hearts that we need to have the spiritual fruit the work of the Holy Spirit to control ourselves and to master ourselves so that we can uh, protect the precious things that are in our heart so if you think about it we guard and we protect things that are valuable to us, right? Um, the things that are worth guarding, worth fighting for, worth protecting, worth investing in are things that are valuable to us. Why do we lock up doors at night? Because we don't want intruders to come in. We don't want um, our families, our precious ones, our children, our, our spouses, uh, the people that live with us. We don't want our, you know, our things to be stolen, valuables to be stolen, right? Um, you know, my kids make fun of me all the time. It's like, Dad, why do you always alarm your car? I was like, bro, I grew up in the ghetto, man. I grew up in the hood. You know how many, three times my car window has been smashed because they stole radios. And my kids are like, people steal radios? I'm like, yes, they did. I grew up in the 90s, man, in LA. Um, I'm old enough that people, all the cholos and all the gangsters with their lowriders or their drop cars, they used to walk around with their literal head units, not the detachable face, but literal head units because they wanted to protect it and keep it and they want to guard anyone from stealing it. Why do we have uh, passwords or uh, face detection or palm or uh, thumbprint or uh, thumb protection on our phones because we have private security in there. We have sensitive information. We have passwords in there, our bank account information, our social security, health information. It's in our phones that it, we protect it and we guard it. Um, I have this Nextdoor uh, Coolio app. It's, about, it's an app about what's happening in the neighborhood. And I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of what's happening here in Hawaii is people are stealing catalytic converters. <laughs> That which are about worth about $150, $200, $300. Um, people are just reporting, hey, my catalytic converter got stolen from my car. There's, I, I believe there's silver in there that people trade in and get cash for it. And uh, one of the uh, guys on the Facebook app or Facebook selling on the Nextdoor app is that he sells uh, guards. Um, he welds guards to protect your catalytic converter. And he says, I could put a special uh, engraving on it. And one of his most famous ones to protect your catalytic converter, it says, not today, Satan, right? And so 
Why do we guard and protect stuff? Because it's valuable to us. Well, we're going to read in Proverbs that we're supposed to guard our hearts because it is the most precious thing. Because everything, even Jesus says, all of life flows from what's going on in our hearts. So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. I'll read from the NIV version this morning. It says this, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear toward my words. Let me repeat that. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. We're supposed to keep God's word in our hearts, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, on top of everything else, the most important thing is to what? Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So how do we guard our hearts? I connected this to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. This is the word of the Lord. Now, guarding our hearts and self-control. What is the connection to this? How are these two related? If we're to guard, if we are to, uh, the NIV says to, or the ESV says to keep or to protect our hearts above all else, how are we supposed to do that? Well, here's the main point that I want us to live out uh, this morning. Would you write this down? The spiritual gift, underline that, circle that, fill that in. Because self-control is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It says the spiritual gift of self-control functions as a wall, guarding against intruders that would destroy your soul and your future. Do you guys catch that? That self-control, it functions as a barricade. It protects what's inside of your heart. You don't want it to get out. What, what's a function of a wall? It protects those on the inside that are precious, but it also protects from those coming from the outside. So a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without any walls. If we don't have self-control, which is a spiritual gift, any intruder, any marauder, could just rampage our soul. It could just destroy our future. Without self-control, you and I, we're like helpless victims to any passing temptation, right? Any temptation that happens, if we don't have self-control, like, oh, okay, fine, I'll follow along. Every lustful inclination, every time sin comes knocking at the door, we enter and we just follow into sin. Oh, sin is knocking, there I go again. Because self-control, it, it functions as a barricade. Jesus says that he has come to give life and life to the full. Jesus has an abundant life for you. Jeremiah 29, right? That he has a plan and a purpose. Plans to give you hope in the future. And this plan and this purpose, this uh, abundant life that Jesus has for you and for me, it could only come into fruition and realization through this gift of the Holy Spirit called what? Self 
control. Look at Galatians chapter 5. It says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. Listen, church, the last thing that I want you to walk away with or to think is that this is a message of try harder. This is a message of self-will. This is a message of uh, do better. No, this message is about the Holy Spirit. After you receive the gospel, after you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that God, God raised him from the dead, and you go all in and believe Jesus, Ephesians 1 says that you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. When you confess and believe in the gospel and, and receive Christ into your life, boom, the Holy Spirit is upon you. And the Holy Spirit begins to work. And the way that He works is two ways. Philippians 3 says that he, we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, but we're to what? For it is God who works and who wills. So the, how does the Holy Spirit work? He gives you the desire. The Greek word there is thelema, that God gives you, He changes your desires. He changes what you want. That you want to follow God now. That you want to live in obedience. That you want to be self-controlled. That you just don't want any, like, you just don't want your anger to get a hold of you, that you don't want your thoughts to run wild and go buckle loose, that you, you don't want idle moments to just uh, slip you by, that you're able to exercise, you want to want to follow God and love Jesus. And the way that the Holy Spirit works is what? He gives you the desires, but also He gives you the strength. The word um, work there is energeia, where we get the word energe, energy that the Holy Spirit gives you strength, the ability, the capacity to live out and to have self-control. When the Holy Spirit works, the fruit of your life, when you allow God to um, reside in you, when you walk with the Holy Spirit and you're tracking with Him and He's like, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, how can I obey you? Guess what happens? Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and what? Self-control. And even though it is a gift of the Holy Spirit, John Piper says that self-control is a fierce fruit. Or if you're a Filipino, fierce fruit. You'll pierce the fruit, right? But what is a fierce fruit? He says, just as the Hebrews entered the promised land and they had to take it by force, one town at a time, little by little, so we are gifted with the Holy Spirit gift of self-control, but we must take it by force. We have to exercise it. We must work on it because God is working in me. He's changing my desires, but He's also giving me the strength. And this issue of self-control, it implies really that there's a battle between yourself there's a battle between your divided self, which means we have a part of ourself that produces desires that we should not satisfy, 
that we should not fulfill, but instead we are to control it. We should deny ourselves and take up our cross daily, Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, that every day we have ourself, it produces, it starts, it, it, there's our self uh, starts this thing within us that these desires that should be denied or we should control it. And this ability to not be mastered by our emotions, you guys, is a gift from God. This capacity to not be enslaved by your lust is a grace from the Holy Spirit. John Calvin says this, Nearly all the wisdom we possess, that is to say, true wisdom and sound wisdom, consists of two parts, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. What's John Calvin saying here in his book of Institutes? He's saying that we have to know God and we got to know our own hearts. Don't be a stranger to your own heart. Know the inclinations of your heart and keep your heart, monitor your heart, just like you monitor your pulse. You monitor your heart with all vigilance. A.W. Pink says, for the Christian to keep his heart means for him to pay close attention to the direction which his affections are moving and to discover whether the things of the world are gaining a firmer and fuller hold over him, whether they are increasingly losing their charm for him. So watch the direction of your heart. And I have two um, application points for us uh, this morning. Would you write this down? The first is this, be vigilant to guard what enters in my heart. Have, have the self-control, a, a gift of God, to guard what enters in to my heart, Proverbs 4.23, right? With all your heart, keep it with all vigilance. For from your heart flows the springs of life. All of life, all the issues of life, all the weighty things of life, all the things that matter in life, the Bible says, it comes from your heart. And because everything comes from your heart, we are to guard it. I heard a pastor uh, went backpacking with his friends. They went through the mountains and they packed with them in their backpacks, their sleeping tents, some jackets, and of course they, they packed uh, water bottles. And you don't, when you pack, you don't pack, you know, empty water bottles. So they, or full water bottles, they packed empty water bottles and they were, you know, about an hour or so into their backpacking trek, and uh, they go through a stream, uh, like just a small little stream with fresh um, spring water. So they filled up um, their bottle, and they drank, and filled up again, they drank, and then they kept going hours on, hours in. About a, an hour or two in, uh, they started feeling queasy. And uh, they started feeling uh, nauseated, and they started. Then they needed to go to the bathroom, and things were going out of control on both ends. If you know what I'm saying. And they were still trekking through, and like, oh my gosh, my stomach hurts so bad, and they were vomiting. And uh, as they settled for the night, the following day, they they walked and they got more water, 
and they kept uh, traversing during their backpacking trip. Uh, as it turned out, at the fountainhead or at the base of this little spring was a dead elk, a carcass filled with maggots and bacteria. And from this fountainhead, everything else flowed. From there was contaminated. And it's the same with our hearts. In fact, uh, Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. According to Jesus, the reason why we speak evil things, the reason why we do evil things, because we first deposit it into the reservoir of our heart. And the reason why we speak good things and the reason why we do good things is because we first deposited good things into the reservoir of our hearts. And because all of life, all the issues of life, all the things that matter in life, and all in Hebrew means all, all issues of life comes from the heart, we must stand guard and protect our hearts. We must be vigilant to keep watch of what's happening. We must be like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Remember Fellowship of the Rings where the Gandalf, when Gandalf was being pursued by Balrog demon and they were chasing him and Frodo and Gandalf was just had enough. He's like, you know what? You shall not pass, right? You cannot pass. You can't go beyond this point. I'm willing to die on this hill, but you shall not pass. I'm going to protect Frodo because he has the ring and you cannot and you shall not and you will not pass. And so I have three things here that we shall not, that we must um, be deliberate to not allow to pass and enter in and to penetrate our hearts. The first is this accusations from Satan. You already know from Genesis to Revelation, the serpent in the garden, he accused. Did God really say that? It's because God doesn't want you to know good and evil. God is withholding. See, God is not really good. Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies. Revelation says that all day, all night, the accuser of the brethren, he points his fingers and he accuses saints day and night before God. Watch out for the accusations of Satan. Guard your heart against it. What are some of those accusations? Why are you even here at church today? You know what you did. Man, why do you even try to be a good husband? Why do you even try to bring your kids to church? You know, you're, you're such a hypocrite, you know that? Why are you even faking your way through this? Or like, why would God even love you? If God is so loving, how could he allow cancer to happen to your family? How come he allowed COVID to happen? You know, and 
Satan, he wants to penetrate lies and accusations in your heart. And you, you and I, we must be like Gandalf. It's like, you know what? You shall not pass. I remember very vividly and very clearly, I was about 11 years old. And, you know, my parents, before they came home, said, hey, John, do your homework. And of course, me being who I am, a studious student did not do my homework, but I played with my friends, played video games, and did a bunch of stuff. Anyways, my parents came home. Uh, all my siblings did their homework. I didn't do my homework. And my parents brought home KFC for dinner. Hey, hoi, Jan Jan, did you do your homework already? I'm like, no, I didn't do it. I was like, ah, oh, okay, wait, we told you to do your homework. Everybody else did their homework. Uh, it's all right, let's go eat. Let's go outside and eat. It's too hot inside. So. As my family went outside, we had a glass lighting door. And I, my job was to get waters for the family. And I got my waters for my family. I was about to open the glass lighting door. And I see my parents and I see my family. And this thought entered into my mind was at the doorstep of my heart. And it said, Look at them. They are so happy without you. You didn't even do your homework. You shouldn't even be a part of this family. You should kill yourself. You know what? If, if, if you're not even brave enough to kill yourself, you should just run away. You don't belong in this family. You don't bring happiness. Look at the stress you're bringing to your dad and mom. Look at how, look at how much happier your, your siblings are. And I kid you not, that thought that accusation entered my mind and it was knocking at the door of my heart. And I used to, it's like, no, Jesus loves me. My, my, my dad loves me. My mom loves me. My family loves me. I belong here. What are some thoughts that uh, John Calvin says, true wisdom is knowing God, but also know yourself. What are some accusations from the enemy that he keeps harping at you? What are some lies that from the enemy of your soul, the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy? What are some things that he just uh, points his finger at you and he accuses you day and night? May I encourage you, exercise the spiritual gift, this gift of the Holy Spirit to control your emotions to stand on truth and be on guard and protect your heart. Don't let it pass. It might entertain your mind. You might, you might have a wandering thought, but Holy Spirit, give me self-control right now to not let that penetrate and enter my heart because if it goes into my heart, it's going to affect all of my life. Secondly, uh, another thing that we are not allowed to pass is self-loathing lies from self and others. What are some things that self-loathing lies? Like, oh man, you're, you're not good enough. You're, you're such a failure. What have you done with your life? You know, if you just um, did better in school, you know, if you made more money, you're, your family would be better off. Your kids would be better off if you weren't such a messed up dad. And these are like these self-loathing things. 
because not only do we have to be aware of the enemy, but we have to be aware of our flesh that's not of the Spirit of God. Also, be aware of like unfair criticism from others. Unfair criticism. You know, I heard Pastor Wayne uh, talk about this once, and he says when people just say their opinions, and if they're not invited or welcomed in, and they're unfair, he just kind of like um, plays with his ear, and he pretends like, you know, there's a toilet bowl in his ear, and then if it's junk, if it's poop, if it's not valid, if it's unfair criticism, he just flushes it down, doesn't allow it to get to his heart. You know, some of the things, you won't believe some of the things that congregants and, and church people say to me. It's like, you know, if you would smile more, if you were, if you tell more jokes like Joel Osteen, that your church would grow bigger. You know, if you begin to speak more and if you were cooler like Stephen Furtick and you know what, if you you were more active as a dad and you did exactly what your kids do are into, I'm not saying be involved, not be involved. What I am saying is um, be yourself, you know, do the things that fill your tank. But these uh, unfair criticism on you, this unfair criticism um, that from others, if bring it before the cross and say, Lord, is there any truth to this? Okay, there's no truth to this. Okay. It's from the enemy. It's okay. Then get your ears. If you need to do two ears and flush it down. Don't let it penetrate from your heart. Um, lastly is um, guard your heart from poisonous influence. You know, my brother-in-law growing up, he wasn't allowed to have like a cool haircut. Whereas, you know, Judah, when he was in kindergarten or first grade, I accidentally messed up his hair. So like, oh, shoot, we're going to give you a mohawk. So he had a mohawk and he got a mohawk and it was cool. Nothing happened. He was just his carefree self. But my brother-in-law, when he was a kid, like he took on the attitude. So if he had a mohawk, if he had a cool haircut, he'd acted like a cool guy. <laughs> Be careful of the music that you listen to. If there's explicit lyrics, if there's expletives and there's F-bombs, you're going to catch on to it. It's going to enter your heart. Be careful in just the diet of your Netflix uh, binge watching. <laughs> if it's, um, you know, and this is not to be legalistic. This is all about wisdom. Paul says all things are lawful, meaning I could do anything, but not all things are profitable. I could do anything and everything, but not anything and everything is good for my heart. And so put a guard against that. And lastly, um, you know, Henry Cloud says, um, differentiate between hurt and harm. He says this, there's a big difference between hurt and harm. We all hurt sometimes in facing hard truths, but it makes us grow. It can be the force, it can be the source of huge growth. That is not harmful. Harm is when you damage someone. Facing reality is usually not a damaging experience, even though it can hurt. Differentiate between um, hurt, hurtful things that's been said to you. Remember, faithful are the wounds of a friend. If, if it's because it's, if it's you needed it, then take it in, right? But if it's harmful things, things that are not profitable, things that are untrue, 
then just throw it out. And lastly, well, second application point, not only are we to be careful of what goes in, and you shall not pass, but we must be super vigilant. We must be super diligent, super intentional to guard what exits out from our heart. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 18, but what comes out of the mouth, it proceeds, what? From the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So be careful what comes out of our mouths. Have a guard. Have a filter. Have a Holy Spirit filter. It's like, Lord, is this from you? And what does James say? Huh? Be quick to hear. Be quick to listen. And be slow to speak and be slow to anger. Be careful the words that come out of our uh, our mouths, because what come out, comes out of our mouths, it's first in, in our hearts. Make sure that the things that, that there is a, a wall and a barricade in our hearts that we don't let out. And listen, uh, as, a, as parents, I'll talk to the parents real quick, is as parents, we all have bad days. And um, we're to be the spiritual um, thermostats of our home. But we shouldn't allow uh, our bad days to uh, set the mood, the culture, and the atmosphere of our whole family. As a father, when I come home, when I go through, you know, stressful day or things that are, you know, bad news after the other and rough, uh, rough time with counseling and bad news about this person, that person, I can't let that, I got to be able, when I come home, to uh, give my best to my children, give my best to my spouse. I got to lay that down before the cross. I got to put a guard in my heart that I'm not going to infect uh, negatively that how my household is going to run, how my marriage is, is working out. Um, can I also give a parenting advice of, of just being careful of what comes out of uh, our hearts? Is the words that we say, you know, with, with our kids. Um, I think it was Cars 1 where uh, one of the scenes is like, oh, you idiot. And my, you know, my kids started saying, you idiot and uh, you moron. And they started saying these things. And I said, hey, the Bible says, you know, Raka, Jesus says, if you call anybody fool, you, you know, you're coming under stricter judgment. James says that if you curse anyone who's made in the image of God, you, we shouldn't do that. And it was so easy to just uh, look for behavior modification. It's so easy to just fix the behavior, fix the symptom. But the actual root or the cause of this is the heart. See, this is the difference between uh, morality and the gospel. Because morality is like, oh, you dirty mouth. I'm going to wash your mouth with soap because it's, you have a dirty mouth. I made a switch in my parenting and and centered it in the gospel by it's like, hey, son, you know, the, the words that you say, the bad words that you say, it's because of your bad heart. And only Jesus can change your heart. 
only Jesus can transform so that you don't want to say bad words. You don't want to insult anybody. You don't want to make fun of someone made in God's image. You don't want to say that about your brother. You don't want to say that. And so go back to the gospel. Go back to the good news of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And remember, self-control is the bridge of where you are to where you want to be. Let me repeat that. Self-control is the bridge of where you are and where do you want to be. I want to be the type of person that, that is not controlled by my emotions. That my mood is not dependent on whether good things happen or bad things happen. I want to be even killed. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want the fruit of the Spirit to bear fruit in my life. As a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a friend, that I, you know, that I will not, uh, I'll have the self-control to keep secrets, to keep confidence of what's supposed to be kept confidence. I want to be a person uh, that I'm not controlled by my, not just emotions, but my appetites and my desires. You know, in Proverbs 25, 28, in 27, it says, it's not good to have too much honey. <laughs> the person that you want to be, if I want to be uh, a grandpa that plays with my kids and my grandkids, the bridge to where I am, to where I want to be, is self-control. So what that looks like is like, I start now, have the self-control, instead of eating ice cream and rice every meal, have a salad, eat some fruits. This is where I want to be. This is where I'm at now. And the way to get there is through self-control, which is the gift of God. Amen. So what are three things that you need to guard that enters your heart? Know yourself. What are your propensities? What are your proclivities? What are you prone to get into whether it's self-loathing or self-hating or putting down yourself or maybe it's the other way you think yourself too highly you think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread put a guard what are those things right now as the holy spirit is speaking that you need to bring before the cross and that you need to uh, guard from entering into your heart but also what are three things that you struggle with that comes out of your heart maybe it's words that we don't mean Maybe it's actions, maybe it's anger, maybe it's lust. Uh, may God help us through the power of the Spirit to uh, guard our hearts above all else. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is uh, active, it's alive, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that your word, it cuts through, Lord, hardness of heart, that your word cuts through deception, O oh Lord Jesus that your word cuts through callousness and your word cuts through lukewarmness. Lord, I pray, oh God, that we would exercise this, uh, the wisdom of self-control, the, the ability and the capacity to master ourselves, to have a, a hold of our emotions, a hold of our um, appetites, a hold of our desires. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that through your spirit that you've changed us from the inside out. This is not a work of the flesh that we got to muster up, that we got to fabricate, but it's the work or the fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
that when we allow you to work in us, self-control begins to happen, but we must contend for it. We must pursue it and we must guard our hearts because all of life flows from our hearts. So Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, that we are transformed to be more like your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you guys. Well, uh, we appreciate you joining us for your online church experience. Don't forget this Wednesday, uh, 7 p.m. at the Academy, we're gonna have Vision Night. The Bible says, without vision, the people perish. Without a vision from God, without God revealing himself, people die because of a lack of vision. So make sure to join us 7 p.m. at the Academy Learning Hub, and we'll see you guys again next week. Love you guys. <music>